catches everything. It catches everything, yeah. you know, but it's a real like coffee shop vibe. So okay. you got like, you know, kids you and things like going things around. going around in the yeah. background. Yeah. Alright. Hello everybody and welcome back to Beating Burnout. We're here in beautiful Signal Hill looking over the beautiful views of sunny Long Beach. And I'm here today with Desmond Andinetti, founder and owner of Antonetti's Hair for Men, a shop that he founded starting in his garage and turned into a hub of culture in Long Beach. Now, this is one of those places that as soon as you walk in, you can see from the decor on the walls, which is all custom made, to the signage, to the slogan, everything here is designed about helping you become your best self personally and professionally, and you feel that vibe the second you step into the store. It's a place of affirmation, it's a place of reflection, it's a place of positive and reassuring energy. And I'm here with owner and founder Desmond Antonetti to talk to us a little bit about how he built this way, built the shop the way that it is today, and what it takes to deliberately create the culture within a shop that is life-affirming and is structured in a way to help people thrive and sustain burnout and tumultuous changes, especially during the times that we've been facing over the last year or so. Welcome, Desmond. Thank you, Austin. Man, I just got to say, uh, that place sounds amazing. <laughs> well, it's the Thank shop you. that you run, and I feel like not only myself, many people I've talked to who have visited your store say they have left it for the better, and they come back and they refer their friends not just for the amazing cuts that they receive, but also the experience that they feel when they come into the shop and how they feel when they come out. Well, first of all, it's, it's pretty humbling to hear it. Um, it's, I'm actually very excited to hear it at the same time because now hearing it after eight years, it's uh, pretty much, it sounds like it's mission accomplished. And that's pretty much what I wanted. Uh, I really didn't even know that I wanted to do hair. Um, but when I started it, it was just a bunch of questions, a bunch of fears, and I think a bunch of what I, I know what I did not want to be a part of. Um, the more you know yourself, the more you know which fields you belong in. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about that. What was that journey like for you personally at the beginning? Thinking, I'm not even sure I want to do hair, but I know there's things I want and I know there's things that I don't. Yes. So my mother, um, she is very educational. That's number one. You know, she, she's a master's degree herself. And me being a, uh, they call it a dreamer, right? Um, I love philosophy. I love imagination. I love vision, and I love people. I just, uh, I was the kid in the class that just wanted to have fun. I was always talking, um, laughing, and I just loved a good vibe, really. The ambiance. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, the uh, the vibe between people. You know, that's one thing I genuinely knew that I loved. I loved being around people. That's, uh, and then how do you apply that? Normally, you hear if you want to help people, you know, some, somewhere along the way, it's like you could be a cop, you could be a firefighter, and um, uh, yeah, I was a little too short for that, <laughs> for a firefighter, sure. you know, and um, but long story short, I got a bad haircut in my in my father's childhood barbershop downtown Santa Ana, uh -huh. and I got a little disrespectful, and my father slapped me in, in that chair. So it started from a lesson. Okay. <laughs> Don't get disrespectful. Yeah. And um, well, for the story is I, I went home and I picked up the clippers and I thought that, you know, I don't want to go through that again. And so I picked up the clippers and I started cutting my hair. 
Your own hair? My own hair. Okay. And that was the start of now owning the shop. Wow. Yeah, that's literally how it started. It just started from, I don't want to go through an experience. I'm tired of asking for something that I want and I don't get it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's how it started. Yeah, so it's like uh, a lot of the fuel was scratching your own itch. Yes. Like, I know the experience yes. that I want and that's something I know that I'm not seeing anyone else create and I feel like I can make that. Yeah. Um, you know, children are very, very smart. They, you know, they're very perceptive. And I think as adults, like we, somewhere along the way, like we kind of lose those, those gifts, if you okay. will, outside of like the five senses. You know, we're, we're trained to abide by a, a structure, a system. Society, and right. you know, it's uh, it was hard for me to decide then what is that one thing that I am going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, that at the time was a lot of pressure. It's a ton of pressure. You don't, you know, you're constantly learning new things about yourself. How do you make a decision and say this is it forever? Correct. Yeah, you know, we there's a lot of likings that one individual has. There's a lot of interest. There's a, uh, a lot of skills, and you know, I always thought like a diamond. I mean, if we're only looking at that one face of a diamond, then we're not really able to see the whole, you know, the wholeness of what the diamond has to offer. You know, that's, okay. That's people. That's people. We're we're so multi-dimensional. Okay. You know, I mean, your thoughts alone, a memory will have you time travel, if you will, you know, back to that time. Okay. So then, thinking about that, thinking about the multidimensionality of people and what the multidimensionality of yourself, I assume, is you're trying to figure out what is it that I want to do moving forward. You start cutting your own hair. How does that lead you to saying, okay, this is going to give me everything that I need, you know, to fulfill myself personally? <laughs> it didn't at the okay. time. Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. It was a lot of lessons, um, a lot of... Yeah, a lot of errors, a lot of friendships, mm -hmm. a lot of trial and error. Okay. And but what I knew was is that the things that ultimately I wanted to share, you know, it's not really it's not really structured for those kinds of conversations or questions. Okay. So it was hard for me to abide by certain things. Okay, here's the thing: I do not like to be managed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> so. When we get down to the nuts and bolts of it, knowing that you have a boss and yeah. someone is, you know, expecting these things, okay, meet these deadlines, and uh -huh. it's a lot of pressure. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, I didn't like that. I like freedom. Right. So, okay. what then did I want to do with myself? I didn't right. know. So right. I was trying to figure out the school. Okay. So, it sounded like, you know, when you try to abide by a set of rules, you know, prescribed to you by whomever, whether it be an authority figure like a boss or it be kind of uh, finding your own place within some predefined rules in society, you're saying, okay, this is limiting for me. This is not something that I feel like myself I'm going to thrive if I try to find a place in this place where I don't see a place for myself. Correct. And Correct. if there's constant, you know, people or systems that have rules, which are then being applied to me, telling me, okay, you have to do this way and this time, like, that type of pressure that is not what you thrive. 
and you need to find an environment for yourself in which you can thrive on your own terms. The flexibility. The flexibility. Yeah. So then it comes, I imagine, the notion of having your own shop. Correct. Okay. Yeah, being able to have your license mm -hmm. and, you know, yes, definitely, even in a barbershop, you, when you walk on in, it's either commission or it's rental, you know, you definitely have to abide by the structure, the culture, right, the mission of yeah. the shop. By all means, yes, mm -hmm. I'd definitely go with that. But right. having the freedom mm -hmm. to choose which days you want to work, how many hours you want to work within yeah. those days, and not to mention the kind of individuals you want to sit inside your seat. Okay. It's pretty refreshing. That's interesting. So, you cut hair and you cut hair well. I imagine that attracts all sorts of people. You know, you're not necessarily choosing who comes to your shop and who doesn't come to your shop. Very true. So, I imagine you have certain freedoms, right? You have you can choose what hours you want to work, what days you want to work. But, you know, with running your business, I imagine there's also still constraints. There's still rules. There's still a place within society that a business sits. You have to pay certain taxes. You have to make rent. You have to... Yes, sir. Run a successful business. Yes, sir. Right? So, what were some of the initial challenges you felt to your freedom, and what were the first compromises you feel like you had to make to say, okay, this gives me what I want, and it gives me enough of what I want where I can compromise on certain factors? Yes. I felt like I, um, I went full circle. Okay. Everything that I was avoiding, I was going to have to apply within mm -hmm. you know the planes of freedom right yes okay correct and I love to learn so I would hop onto YouTube or whatever the case may be but my business barbering is uh, it's a pretty small business right uh, small transactions but knowing customer relations mm -hmm. you know satisfaction right uh, consistency going to be there at 8 a.m., be there at 7 a.m., right? Everything that um, artistic individuals uh, run from, we definitely have to apply that even in your own business. Yeah. Correct. I like that you bring up that point because I think there can be a misconception or a delusion even that, you know, if you're an artistic individual or an entrepreneurial individual, you can avoid certain things that people who have day jobs have to deal with, you know? Yes. And it's a tough distinction, or I imagine it requires a high level of self-awareness to know, hey, am I running away from these things that I don't want to do, which I'm going to have to do to grow as an individual anyways? Correct. Or, you know, is this really what I want? And I'm going to learn those, but I'm going to learn those in the way that those challenges are presented to me as I need to conquer them, not because these are the rules and I have to follow them. Well said. Yeah. It, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that. when you're starting your business do you and you run into these challenges, do you think, oh, I should go back and get a job because I have to do this anyways? What allows you to push past that and say, hey, this is worth it for me to just learn because it's important for my growth and I want to do it? Uh, I, I like challenges. Okay. Um, I guess you could say I like the... Uh, yeah, I like the challenges, the uh, make your own path, mm -hmm. you know, I like the hustle, if you will. Okay. Um, one thing I've kind of grown to realize that business is just people, it's, it's relations. Yeah. It's just, literally, it's a relationship. Okay. And maybe sometimes if we can get the business or the middleman out of the way, then it's more of a relationship. And who's the middleman in this case? Um, the thought, right? Um, we call him Uncle Sam. Okay, yeah. <laughs> You know, well, we know her as uh, Lady Liberty, mm -hmm. you know, or they, you know, um, 
the government, right? Okay. But these ideas, if you will. Um, but really, my business is just people. Yeah. And I think when I found that um, I treated everyone equal, um, everything just kind of fall, fell into place. It allowed mm -hmm. me to learn things that I yeah. needed to apply. Yeah. I like that a lot. Hey, it sounds like you've kind of uh, been on this journey of deliberately shielding yourself from any bureaucracy where you can. I and, ran away. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I literally ran away and I felt like I, you know, I wanted to make my own, what is that, an oasis? In an oasis, desert? yeah. Yeah, yes. and that's a beautiful description of what the shop is because when you cool. go in, it's, I've heard many people use the, the words like, you know, I was transported. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, and I up, think yeah. that's like uh, something that I imagine has to be done with a lot of intentionality. That doesn't just happen. No. So I do a lot of focusing, obviously, on not on business, but uh -huh. the relation of people, yes, okay. um, you, you, you brought up a word, intention. Uh, I think that everything that I imply in that us as a team that we do mm -hmm. should be very intentional. Mm -hmm. And before anyone comes on in, I, I try to fill up the shop with an intention. Okay. I try to pre-play the day. Yeah, okay. I look at our online calendar that we utilize and I see which of the staff have who, um, and I think about those people, and I think about those times that they've come on in, and what was it like? Did they like the music? You know, it's literally, I feel like a, uh, a concierge. A concierge, okay. Right? Um, because if you're going to a, uh, a trade or a skilled business like mine, it's usually, it's always about the experience. Okay. And more the experience than about the skill? Uh, no, no. Okay. No, I, you know, cor let me correct myself. Yes, people definitely are looking for the skill by all means. Okay. Yes, we definitely have to continue to sharpen our our skills um, uh, every day. It's, right. It's always evolving. So I hear you've got a couple of like priorities that you set. You know, yes. you've got like you come in early before everyone else, and you say, okay, there's an intention that I want around what experience people are going to have when they come here. Yes. And the skill, obviously something you work on, your staff works on constantly, and Correct. you improve, and you learn, and you grow. Correct. And then people come in, and then there's the business element of it, I imagine. Oh, yes, there's yeah. the business element. Can you tell me, you know, about any time maybe those came into conflict? You say, because a lot of people go business first, right? Before they even start something up, they think, okay, how am I going to make these numbers work? You know, what's yeah. going to be my funnel for bringing new customers in? How much do I have to spend on ads to get that number? You know, how do I sustain a profitable business? Okay. And I imagine, you know, you coming in, taking a totally different approach and saying, okay, here's my intention. Here's what I don't want in this shop. And here's what I want to cut down on as much as possible yes. and shield, you know, yes. from the experience. And yes. I want to focus on that. Okay. So I don't know. Like, what, I imagine those have to come into conflict at some point. Yes, so I think about automatically, I think about uh, Yelp as okay. the business. Mm -hmm. And I also think about um, product labels and reps yeah. coming to my shop or okay. calling all mm -hmm. the time, wanting my contract, okay. wanting me to sign for three years. And yes, you know, I, since this is my first business, um, you know, I didn't have the money to sign for Yelp. Yeah. for $350, I think it was. Um, you know, yeah, I think that's their monthly fee. Something yeah. like that. It, mm -hmm. It's just crazy. Mm -hmm. And I literally leaned on social media, okay. visuals, yeah. taking pictures of our work, um, 
don't even know how to say this, but allowing my client yeah. to be able to work with me. Okay. Uh, my haircut is my billboard. And okay. When you Love that. When you go on out and, and you know on your business and your day, you know, out for the night and you get a compliment, that's a reassurance to you that you picked the right place. Yeah. So I lean on, you know, the work speaks for itself. Okay. And maybe I'm a little stubborn or a little hard-headed, but I, yes, I actively chose not to go with Yelp, and here are the reasons why. Mm -hmm. You can pay to take off a bad review. Yeah. Shop owners or barbers and hairstylists will pay you, yeah. giving you an incentive to give them a five-star mm -hmm. review. So right. therefore, right. I yeah. just don't feel like, what am I paying for then? Okay, so... I guess with Yelp, yeah, there's definitely a level of, you know, getting five-star reviews is a game of getting five-star reviews, not necessarily a game of being the best place on the block, yes, right? Sir. Yes, and sir. so it seems like you want to separate from a system that values a different algorithm than the one that you're using to run your business. Correct. I knew it was uh -huh. going to take longer. Yeah. And I got a lot of bad feedback. You know, I got okay. a lot of you know, just negative, if you will, on a one What did those one. sound like? Like, what did people say? Uh, you know, you're crazy. Why are you not doing that? You yeah. Know, you should really do this. You yeah. should really do that. Okay. And, um, but from other people's experiences, yeah. those same end of characters who were vocalizing that were never there genuinely helping. Okay, tell me more about that. What, what did it look like? What did that look like in action? Well, there's a lot of advice, but you're not the one who's doing it. Okay. I will take the advice, yeah. whether good or bad, yeah. I'll keep it in the pocket, and as yeah. time goes by, when it definitely fits the situation or it presents itself like, I need to bring out this tool, I'll utilize. Yeah. So we did, and we do utilize Yelp by all means. Yeah. We just don't pay for it. Yeah. And from me being the owner, my perspective was I want it to be genuine. Yeah. You know, I want those Yelp's reviews because, like you said, it, it's kind of a funny game. Yeah. Right. And I want it to be sincere because mm -hmm. I put my all into your haircut. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm hard on myself. Yeah. I make sure that I, my skill trade is what you expect. So I think what the strength is with that business is utilize that platform Yelp for what it is. It's free. We will refresh. We'll take a lot of visuals of our work mm -hmm. because that's initially what you're coming in for. Right. I see. So. The tool exists, yes. and it can be used authentically in a way where you're saying, okay, if people genuinely like what I'm doing and they want to leave a great review, Correct. by all means, give them the opportunity to do that. We have yes. the media there. We have everything there. But what you don't want to do is start playing the game where you're introducing things like paying for sponsorships or things that are not a reflection of your work to play in how your business is represented. You said it better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's just your words. Uh... That's really cool, man. So yeah. I, I, I think it's been eight years now yes. that you've been doing, the, you've had this shop. Yes, eight years. And so you, I imagine, have had a number of people come into the shop to work with you in helping create this mission. When you interview people, when you talk to people, when you uh, manage people who are already working at your shop, yeah. uh, how do you feel like they see their role in this mission? That's a great question. Um, the looks I receive, the feedback I get is, mm -hmm. uh, you have high standards. Yeah. 
you know, it's yeah. just cu- it's just cutting hair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't see it that way because you know, with when you do things with great intentions, right? Yeah. You want to do them well. You want to do them well. Yeah. Uh, so I share when in my process of interview, and I'm still learning as I go. Again. Um, but I definitely share. I listen to what they want. There's a reason why they knocked on our door, they called us, they DM'd us on social media, and I'm always curious as to what drew them in. Okay. What was the bat signal for them? Yeah. And it's usually there's a good flow. There's a good walk-in flow, right? Visually, they see. They see um, something that they want to be a part of, yeah. right? And I think me, 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 when they, when we have this interview, yeah, it's more about who they are, what they want to bring to the roundtable. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm the boss. This is what we're looking for. We're looking for quality. Again, it's labeled on our business. Your quality is our priority. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for a serious individual, not just the number one barber. Yeah, I'm looking for someone who. Is uh, is light, you know? Who definitely wants to serve? Yeah. Who wants to do something for someone? Yeah. Rather than sell something to someone. Okay. You know, who wants to build a um, a team? Yeah. Um, service oriented, team oriented individuals. Correct. Yeah. You know, a genuine individual. Okay. I think those those people are hard to come by these days. Sure. Um, sure. It's just, yeah, it's just kind of hard. Yeah. So yeah, the interview process. Um, I. I explain to them, you know, the foundation, yeah. how I started, yeah. what my goals are. Yeah. And before they ask me, you know, what's the schedule? I ask you, well, what's the schedule that you want? Yeah. Wow, I love that. So freedom is just presented right from the beginning. Yeah, and it kind of knocks you off of, you know, your axis because when does anyone actually ask you about that? Right, right. I don't think in any job I've ever worked that's ever been. Uh, I was working at uh, in Mission Viejo. I, I assisted uh, this owner, Jim White. Okay. And I learned a, a lot from this guy. A lot okay. Of more of uh, what not to do. All right. But he showed me a lot of things, and it had nothing to do with hair. I was just telling Maria about this uh, this week, and um, you know, he gave them a lot of freedom. Yeah. Right. Um, this lady who I looked up to as a, a cosmetologist. Um, she, her fiance worked at Oakley, and yeah. what he was saying was, is that there's yeah. a lot of freedom in that place. Yeah, okay. You know, um, if you don't feel like you're working, you'll get a lot, like, you'll get greatness out of that work. Wow. Right? If you don't feel like you're working, you'll I mean, get greatness out of that work. Yeah. You Love know, that. A, a happy worker is a happy worker bee, right? Like you'll that. get a higher standard, a higher quality for okay. that individual okay. rather than trying to micromanage. Interesting. In you know, when do you feel like that applies? Because I think you do see a lot of, you know, uh, businesses, especially, you know, during this time of a lot of remote work, a lot of changing circumstances where I think businesses are afraid of, you know, the slack that that might allow for. Yes. You know, I think you definitely want to keep quality as a priority. You want to make sure people are doing things, but they're still in a position where they feel like they're being supported by the business and, you know. I imagine that's a lot to balance. Can you talk a little to some of the challenges maybe that you've seen over the last year in terms of managing employees and things, yeah. that, adjustments you've had to make for them? Yeah. So um, I feel like they def- my staff definitely looks up to me as, what are we doing, coach? 
Okay. And that's a lot of responsibility, a yeah. lot of stress. And uh, I definitely, um, sometimes a leader doesn't know that he's a leader or she's a leader. Interesting. Right? And But innately, I want to make sure that my team knows that I am the number one fan. I will never let them go down. I will yeah. never let them fail. Yeah. You know, as long as you're helping yourself, I will help you. Um, so I take the back seat a lot for servant leadership. So yes, when COVID hit us, they saw that I was fighting hard on my off time to uh, to research to see if we were essential or not. Yeah. Um, I definitely made sure to give the number and also the name of the city council member who I received the, the two thumbs up, you are essential. The day that they finally told us, expressed to us that we were not essential, I closed, we closed for a couple of days and I just needed my time. Yeah. And I got back and I just literally, we're a family, you know, your parents will always look out for you because that's what they do as, as, as parents. Mm -hmm. You know, not to say I'm their parent, but you know, I'm big brother. Mm -hmm. And so I opened up my home. I structured out a, uh, a game plan. Yeah. You know, on how we were going to be able to still be productive and yeah. under the radar. Yeah. I opened up my home. I have a den, and it was just big enough to have uh, two chairs. I didn't promise it was going to be comfortable, but I yeah. did promise that we were going to have income in a time that we were not going to have income. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, what was that decision process like? You know, you said, I'm a servant leader. I'm going to take care of my team. Mm -hmm. You made sure they were going to have income. How do you manage that with priorities of safety and how other people might be thinking about the situation? Because I think one thing we've seen a lot over the last year is we've seen, you know, people who often run in the same circles, share a lot of the same beliefs, have wildly different opinions on how to respond to COVID, how to manage themselves, how to be around other people, and you know, yeah. how do you make sure everyone's on the same page and everyone wants the same things, especially in a time where people's opinions even change rapidly. Correct, uh, great question. So what I did was I cut off our online calendar so that way nobody could sneak in a, an appointment. Yeah. Um, um, all of us have core clients. Okay. Um, we cherry-picked the individuals that we were going to reach out and express to them that this is the standard of um, safety and sanitation and disinfection right. that we've been abiding by mm -hmm. and we will continue to abide by. Yeah. Um, and we understand that you know if you do not feel comfortable, hey, no worries. Yeah nothing against anyone yeah. by any means mm -hmm. so uh, there's a lot of respect um, and so at the house we literally I would wake on up drink my coffee and we I would sweep the apartment I would mop the apartment disinfect yeah. literally from, it's your shop now it's my shop now yeah you know all of the state regulated you know rules that we have to abide by I just incorporated into my house wow I opened the door mm -hmm. I, I, I pointed out the room with you know with my hand and one literally went right on in into the den I closed the den I closed the curtain we had fresh air we had um, even two you know we had um, uh, sanit uh, sanitizer there we had we all had masks on and um, I, I even diffused oils you know, and again, creating that atmosphere of safety. 
and knowing that, wow, you know, Des, is, Des Grant, and Maria, they're going to some great lengths to make sure that I feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to make sure that we still upheld that within such sensitive times, because you're right, not all of us stand in the same degree around the clock. Right. You know, we're, we're all on the hand, but, you know, we're all very individual, and I get it, we're all fearful. I'm fearful. I'm opening up my home yeah. to individuals who, you know, I, I mean, it's only my family. If you come in my house, it's because, you know, you're, you're a pretty special individual. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's my sanctuary. That's my family sanctuary. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, um, I definitely felt like we did go through some great lengths to, mm -hmm. you know, really make sure that, you know, we were safe. Yeah. I had a lot of conversations, you know, with my girlfriend, you know, like, is this, is this safe? Do you sure you want to do that? Yeah. You know, because like, again, I know that those are your core clients, Desmond, but you don't know what they do and where they're at, yeah. you know, by all means. And I, I had to take that into consideration. Of course. You know, but I felt like being a very small business, you know, it's easy to hear, you know, your own peers and society say, stay home. Think about others. Stay home. But not all of us have the same monthly overhead, yeah. and not all of us have the same monthly income. Right. You know that 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 varies just as much as our fear factor varies. Of course, of course. You know. Right. But what we can do is is that we can either act or react off of fear, or we can act accordingly. You know, you know, like a military, if you will. You know, you stick with the script. You know, clean capes for every client, fresh Xanax strips, fresh new towels for everyone, fresh new combs for everyone, fresh new guards for everyone. Yeah. We sweep on up, we wipe off, you know, we, san we uh, sanitize, you know, it's the, there's a couple more steps that we have to do, but we're grateful of the fact that we were able to not only get through it, but succeed and thrive. Yeah. You know, it, uh. And I imagine so much of that is a result of what you've been doing over the years. You establish yeah. a certain level of trust and connections where you have individuals that you can reach out to. Yeah. You know, and you have a level of trust you've established with them. Yeah. And that kind of pays off economically over, you know, if you had just kind of tried to book your calendar as solid as you could. Correct. During normal times and also during pandemic times. Correct. So, yeah, to get back, you know, when, when we established the, uh, you know, the in-home den scheduling mm -hmm. we did we started at 7 a.m. and stopped about 1 p.m. yeah um, what, what I noticed what I took into consideration is, is that now that everyone is down has this forced downtime you know I noticed a lot of individuals partying okay you know let's be honest you have some downtime there's gonna be some individuals who are gonna be partaking in vices yeah i kind of took advantage of that sure. personally i'm not a big drinker mm -hmm. so you know growing up you know you realize that the early bird definitely does catch the worm yeah you know if i can be productive between seven to noon yeah you know that's that's five hours of productivity now that's not our normal eight to ten hours yeah but it, it's it's more than half of our you know normal day before anyone comes on out to play we were up, we we came, we saw, we conquered. Okay. Right? Okay. And 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 that was it. The rest of the day was was for us. Yeah. Now I was at home with my girls, you know, just feeling like a, a caged lion looking out the window. But you know, <laughs> it's the hey, I put myself
yourself at risk, if you will, right? Yeah. Having four individuals, five individuals inside my house, or yeah. ten a day. Yeah. Right. Um, so, and what did we do right after shop was closed? We cleaned. Yeah. You know, my girlfriend definitely made sure of it. You know, she's not playing. Yeah. She was very, very fearful. Yeah. But. I needed her to see in me that confidence, yeah. you know, a security, a game plan, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, some some kind of strategy, you know, and uh, and I did, you know, I, I feel as though that somewhere along the way, I'm I'm grateful that I, you know, and when your back is against the wall, you know, I you can come up with a, a pretty secure strategy, yeah, you know, and one thing in my life. We, some of us have a very hard life, and you acquire these perceptions, you acquire these, um, these, these skills, these traits, you know, that uh, a, a normal individual who has a pretty well-off life doesn't have. They okay. call it street smarts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they call it sharp common sense. Right. Right? And um, so because of that, you know, I'm, I'm able to live within my means. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to have a mother who was business savvy. Yeah. This lady, I look up to her, man. She, you know, she's she's the reason why I believe you know my shop is so successful. Yeah. You know, it's because everything that I've experienced through her, you know, is the reasons why we're thriving. Yeah. You know, I've watched her come from nothing to, you know, she's the vice chancellor of the CSU. It's like, wow. This lady does not play around. Yeah. And yet she's the most kindest angel that anyone can have on the side. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. I My business, I learned from my mother. Yeah. I learned business from my mother. She was my instructor, my teacher. She loved it. That's incredible. Yeah. And I think really incredible, really inspiring that you're able to leverage the fact that you've been in difficult circumstances to look at this with a sense of poise and say okay i know this is unpredictable i know there's a lot going on but we're gonna take a step back we're gonna make a strategy and then we're gonna stick to the plan yeah and you're able to make that happen now i imagine you have others on your team yes and maybe everyone didn't have those same circumstances maybe they don't have the same toolkit the same mental toolkit to deal with that fear or it's not as developed you know how do you look out for those members of your team you know as they come along with you for this journey and say hey i want to take you here with me yeah but i also want to make sure you're okay correct you know because i imagine everyone has had to introduce new things into their life yeah you know like you said a lot of people turn to vices and i think you know it's especially natural when we thought, okay, this is only going to last for a little bit. Yeah. But as you see it kind of go longer, you're like, no, I need more long-term, sustainable ways to kind of go through this, you know? And I know that that isn't the same for everybody. Some people, like you said, haven't gone through as much and aren't as equipped. Certain people have more difficult circumstances. Certain people are just more susceptible to being impacted by certain things, you know? And I don't think you can, you know, necessarily hold that against anybody but no. you want to work with everybody where they're at you know and you want to make sure that everyone's dealing with you know i think we've heard the word burnout come up a lot but that means a lot of different things you oh, know yes. that could mean like crippling levels of anxiety that could mean like really just an inability inability to deal with uncertainty it can mean a lot so how do you keep a pulse on you know one the people that are on your team working with you but also the people who come to see you i know a lot of people who come to see you 
they're looking for a boost. You know, you the, part of the ambiance you create is giving people a sense of perspective and saying, okay, whatever you're going through, we're here with you. Correct. Um, so yes, my when I look at my team, although they might not have the same strengths that I have, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it's, it's like, similar to the Fantastic Four. You know, there's four stations right at my shop. We all have different strengths. I just so happen to uh, to be the leader and to see all the strengths that we possess. Yeah. And I think that's you know the reason why the whole shop is uh, strengthful or is successful. Yeah. Um, I share with my team what it is that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know what it is that I'm planning. Yeah. You know the things that I'm facing, and I'm honest. It, it, it's it's sincerity. It's it's honest. Hey folks, this is where we're at. You know. And um, when COVID hit. I shared with them my money management, my my savings, my strategies. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was at that point that share with your team the inside of your thought process. Yeah. So it's really taking it beyond the normal conversations you have in business. Yes. It's saying, okay, the way we're doing our business is heavily intertwined with what's going on in our personal lives right now. So let's talk about that too. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, like you said, go back to like you know, uh, businesses having Zoom now. You know, our, we have we have clients from the political realm, the city realm, law enforcement realm. You know, the, the nurses. Um, and one of the struggles, no matter what sector you are in society, right? What you do for work, the stresses of work coming into your home. You know, we now it's like you really don't have so much of a personal space mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to tell your wife or your husband, your daughter, your son. You know, you don't want them to be seen in the back you know, of the Zoom. Yeah. Right, right. right. You and need your own space within your space, and yeah. it's like that's not necessarily always a consistent physical boundary. No. So like you know, burnout. Like wow, talk about a burnout now. You know, it's majority, damn near all of our clients, all of our clients are burned out, you know, and it's, um, yes, a, a, we come in looking for some kind of strength, Yeah. and we come in looking for, you know, tr- we need some water, give me a refreshment, you know, I need to feel good, mm. and, you know, and if, if I look good, I feel good, if I feel good, I look good, and a lot of empathy, man, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, treat everyone like how you want to be treated, we're yeah. neighbors. And yeah. it wasn't until it wasn't until actual this pandemic that I put the you know community sticker on my window. On your window, okay. I mean, yeah. It was literally, you know, I was very grateful for everyone that I have met since I opened up my shop. If it wasn't for them, my shop wouldn't be the shop that it is today. It's literally a collective. It's a team effort. It's a community effort. You know, and so being honest with that. You know, just listening. There's a lot of psychology, if you will. You know, I want to be a psychologist. Yeah. I like psychology. Yeah. You know, I think it governs all of our world, whether we can acknowledge it or not. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when a client or uh, my team member, you know, look at me and ask me, you know, there's been times throughout the years that we would take on a fellow, you know, uh, coworker to the beach because we know that they're down. There's something wow. going on in their personal life. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, you know, it's like you know, we're family. Okay. Uh, let's be honest. How many hours do you spend at your job? 
is 8 to 12 hours. Right. Now it's probably about 15 hours. You can know? be. Yeah, can it be. can be. You know, and it's like, you know, you, you get to know the in individual. You know, you know when someone's up. You know when someone's down. Yeah. Right? You can feel their vibe. No communication has to be spoken, but yeah. you feel it. Yeah, right? especially I imagine when someone's sitting in your chair. It's yeah. like, there's like, you're so surrounded by each other's physical energy, yeah. you know what, what they're going to do. I'm in you your, your Wi Fi space. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And with that yeah. said, I think that's like ultimately where, where the magic is. Yeah. You know, um, to utilize your, your intuition, to utilize that you know, perceptiveness right. and not ask them, but just answer the question. Yeah. You know? Be yeah. that softness. If you know that they had a hard, long day, just give them serenity. Give them some kind of tranquility. Turn the music to some kind of generate a, an oasis kind of topic of discussion. Well, what might, about yourself then? You oh, know, I think yeah. like you, you know, can open yourself up, but I imagine just with everything that you have and your staff has, you know, empathy burnout is a real thing too. Oh yeah. How oh, do you yeah. kind of keep your tank full so that you have enough to give to everyone who comes to see you? I'm a lone dog. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. I love being by myself because yeah. that's when I'm able to really um, uh, receive. I'm really able to listen to. Okay. Right? I'm a very, very spiritual individual. Mm -hmm. I definitely believe in my God. I definitely believe in the Creator. Mm -hmm. And with that said, if um, so, yeah. How do I charge up? I I go to my Creator. Yeah. You know, because okay. no matter where it is, we stand on religion. You know, spirituality, I guess you could say the foundation, the brick and mortar. What we're talking about is the inside. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is that message. Sure. Right? And sure. Generally, it's mm -hmm. usually love. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, right, right. It's generally, it's very peaceful. It's yeah. very harmonious. Of course. And that can look like a lot of different things. That can look like a lot of different things. You know, you say, you know, I guess. There's a lot of perspectives you could bring to it, but in its yeah. essence, it seems like, you know, there's a personal philosophy that you want to continue to connect with and abide by, right? And that's a personal philosophy that continues yeah. to evolve. Yeah. And it often, at times, in times of uncertainty, comes down to love, what you need to look to. And you say, okay, love right now could be compassion for the people around me, sitting here having space for myself to recharge and reconnect, or it could be, you know really just tapping into your power like now is the time to fight yeah now is the time to fight right uh, i do a lot of meditation mm -hmm. i like a lot of quiet time yeah you know since I, I i give so much and i receive so much energy mm -hmm. i need to as we say decompress yeah sure you know so uh, i definitely i definitely smoke a lot of weed at the same time <laughs> right I meditate okay you know, and it allows me just to calm down yeah press yeah know, and, and just click and delete I listen to a lot of like motivations. Yeah. You know, I yeah. listen to a lot of philosophy. Mm -hmm. You know, um, right now, like, like I shared with you, like I, I'm listening to some like some like philosophy from Samurai. You know, like, you know. Uh, uh, what was his name again? Yeah, I don't. His name escapes me. I'm bad with it. So that's where my <laughs> bad memory comes in. Okay. But it's literally a Ronin's life. Yeah. This is. I love nature. Mm -hmm. I love sun gazing. Mm -hmm. You know, Mother Nature recharges me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to get back out there and, yeah. and run and, you know, be able to release those energies, right? Yeah. And to recharge mm -hmm. Mother Nature. Mm -hmm. That's the balance that, yeah. that, you know, helps me to not burn out. Yeah, I hear that. So it sounds like, you know, with the freedom that you have to choose your own hours, make your own game plan, 
you can construct the life of balance, receiving and giving. Yes. You know? Yes. You can meditate, you can smoke weed, you can go out into nature, you can do whatever it is you need to do to continue to receive, heal yourself, yeah. be full, and then go out there and then just when you're around people, you're there for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. I mean, yeah. what is it that we're passionate about? Okay. You know, what really makes us tick? Not tick, but like spark. Right? When you're at home and you're like, you have the opportunity to do that thing that you love the most, what, mm. what is that thing or mm. those things? Mm -hmm. Right? And I think the more that, you know, we are able to tap into those things, sometimes those things are not marketed to us. Yeah. Well, this is just a personal opinion, but I think marketing those things is sometimes very unprofitable. Exactly. You know, because they're so simple a lot of the times. Like, yeah. I could teach you how to breathe in five minutes, and that will, like, drastically change, like, your level of peace, but to charge you for that seems, like, unethical. Like, you know, ding, it's, ding, like, ding, so ding, simple. Ding, like. ding. Yep, there it yeah. is, dude. And, yeah. and you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, how do I recharge? I disconnect and I reconnect. Yeah. I realign. And I love that you kind of control your own messaging, right? Because, you know, and it's, you know, um, hate the sin, love the sinner, right? People yeah. are going to market things that yeah. are profitable, and you wouldn't expect them to market anything else. But yeah. if they're going to crowd your social media space, your head space, your conversation space with things that are ultimately not going to help you recharge, you're taking the initiative to step outside of that and say, these are the videos that I need to listen to. These are the things that I need to do for myself. These are the ways that I connect, and you need to be very disciplined about yes. that and it almost sounds like that's the way that your discipline is different than the discipline you would have let's say working a nine-to-five job and listening to what the boss tells you to do correct yeah you know, I, I i wanted to be a navy seal I love navy seal people. okay yeah. you know the be, being able yeah. to be in such poise right in such like stressful harmful like yeah. how could a human be able to even do that yeah you know to like meditate in the freezing cold all night Get yourself to sleep in five minutes and yeah. then wake up right away. Like, you know, like yeah. I think those are those are uh, strengths that all of us possess. Of course, you know, but we're choosing, as you said, yeah, uh, we're choosing not to, you yeah. know, tap into those things. Okay, uh, I think I think all these tools are great tools, but again, it's like how are we utilizing these tools? Yeah, okay, you know, because it's that same tool that I manage that yeah. I also utilize. Okay. But one last question for you, and this one's a little tricky. So, you mentioned that you know, that calls out to you, that kind of mental discipline that is created by being a Navy SEAL. The ability to kind of have strength and be able to create calm in any situation. That appeals to you. But that's not something I see appeal to everybody. And while you have certain strengths that you say you know, you want to continue to build upon, it seems like that is the underlying core of a lot of what, what it is that you do. You know, you have a certain approach that you take, but there is a constant <laughs> desire to improve those skills, sharpen your mind, continue to kind of fight to grow, Correct. you know, and we all possess those strengths. Yeah. So why do you think it is that, you know, you're driven towards that and you choose that over fear, where a lot of times, people are not drawn to that yeah. and they're more drawn towards you know making the fearful decision so honestly this mm -hmm. was the when i found the retail spot that was the only time i was not fearful okay. of making such a huge leap yeah so initially you know with all i guess you say um, there's a lot of fear yeah but at the same time i guess yeah now you know seeing the 
there's, there's, there's a lot of strength, but like, what am I gonna do? What am I doing with that fear? And I, yeah, I want it. I want it to be able to. Uh, I want to be able to grow from it. Yeah. Right. And um, share that with my team. I, uh, I, I look at my team and I see their strengths, and I create a position for every individual. Mm -hmm. I create a, pl a playlist, mm -hmm. if you will, mm -hmm. and I give them a script. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, I have a game plan. Yeah. I show them what the game plan is. I explain it to them. Yeah. And they they trust in me. Mm -hmm. They have confidence in me because I mean they're still with me. Yeah. And, you know through the thick and thin. Right. And um, so yeah, I uh, yeah I don't know I I've always been this way. You know like I think generally what it came down to was feeling of not being um, maybe good enough, strong yeah. enough, tall enough. Sure. Right. Sure. Insecurities. Yeah. In the young life. Yeah. Right. And that's where I'm saying. Uh, you know, I built myself um, because of those particular things. I've acquired these applications, let's call it, right? Mm -hmm. And I've ran my life on yeah. those applications. Yeah. Right? So now it seems that, like, when it's now everyone is sharing my hard times, mm -hmm. I guess we're all sharing hard times. Mm -hmm. And to me, this kind of shows me that not all of us know what to do with hard times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? You know? My older brother was watching me. We went to go get a sandwich, and you know, he's like, "I'm gonna do this." I'm gonna do this. Anyways, but he's like, oh, "I get it." When everyone zigs, you zag. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Huh. You know, I I, I didn't see it. Yeah. I just no, I didn't see it that way. All right. It still sticks in my head. It was probably about two, three years ago. Uh huh. You know, but now acknowledging that. Yeah. 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 You know, I guess then what I have to learn is, is that when everything is blissful, it's not to work so hard. Huh. Yeah. You know, like, um, enjoy the fruits of your labor. Yep. Yeah. Slow it down. Of course. You know? Yeah. So then that shows me that, okay, so if I want to work so hard, future plan. Yeah. You know, future plan for the next, you know, for the next five years. Yeah. You know, you know, like that, that whole saying ahead of the curve, it's ironic, like you were saying, you know, now, now with um, those freedoms, businesses are afraid that you might sloth off, you might not uphold your position, you know, at the job, like by you working from home, mm -hmm. right? Um, I kind of lost my, 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 uh, my train of thought there. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I think you did a good uh, kind of, you did justice to the fact that there are a lot of options that people have available to them. Yeah. And it seems, like, in, in terms of how to react, and I think a lot of that is uh, changing for people who are going through tough circumstances and learning how to better adapt to dealing with those circumstances, and in your case, it's... Yeah. Uh, you've relied on your instincts of saying, okay, I know when I need to step back and make a plan, and I know when... It's time to take a step back and just say, okay, yeah. this is hard, but I've done my work, yeah. and now I'm going to enjoy this. A lot of the things now that we're implementing, you know, um, you know the, uh, the the touchless, if you will, you know, I wanted to do my second year, and now in hard times, you know, we have we're utilizing Venmo. You know, I yeah. always I always wanted for our clients for their experience. To not only be able to pre-book their appointment, but to pre-pay. Yeah. And for the barbers or cosmetologists at the shop, 
excuse me, that went yeah. after they finished their client's haircut, yeah. the tip in hand, yeah. and then that subtracts about five minutes from the paying system at the front counter, right. you know, the pre-booking, make sure you prepay. It's like we saved five minutes, you know, and we can be that much more productive now with right. that five minutes. So five I, minutes of truly like time that is totally disconnected from any type of passion or purpose that you're trying to bring in. Correct. Store. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I was able, we were able to reinvest into you for those five minutes. I love it. Thank you so much. This has been so insightful. Really good to hear your perspective here, man. Thank, Thank you. you and uh, so after eight years, you have yourself a new shop. Yes. Going for the big upgrade. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what that's about, what that feels like, and what you're hoping to bring into opening a new shop in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, right? In the middle of the pandemic. Um, Desmond, you picked a funny season <laughs> to start. Zagging Wally Zig, right? Or Zagging right? Wally Zag? I don't know. Yeah. He's on me. But you know what? I think it was, again, I think it was the best time to do it. It was downtime. Yeah. You know, we were all trying to figure out um, uh, something new together. Yeah. You know, in the downtime, you know, we were uh, restructuring ourselves. We were holding class as classes inside the shop amongst ourselves as to what is going to be the new new? What is going to be the new cool? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's going to be safety and sanitation. You know, and disinfection, you know, I mean, if we have to even, you know, wear, if you will, like doctor jackets, yeah, you know, sure. to make you know that you're safe, we were going to do that. Yeah. And so we held classes in, in multiple arenas of, let's say, a low mid fade, let's say, what's a mid fade, what's a taper. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that all of us were in synergy because when a client comes on in, they just say the shop as an entity the shop i want a low fade i want to make sure that there is the continuity yeah right you get a low fade from the shop you know what you're getting you know what you're getting it doesn't matter who it is that you sit you sit in Mm -hmm. oh you know i always go to maria but you know maria's busy so i'm gonna sit in brent's seat you know and and knowing that you know that was going to take place and i felt like the, the the shop presented itself after we started to represent our own selves You know, because I've been looking for a new retail spot for for a second location ever since probably you know three years in into you know me owning the shop, wow. and I just felt that the, all the other places didn't fit, and this one so happened to fit in such a hardship time. Yeah, COVID season, right. and I I went on it. It felt right. Yeah, it sounded right. Yeah, you know, um, meeting up with the landlord, the owner, you know, it just it clicked. You know, there was the synergy, you know, that took place, uh, a genuine, a genuinosity, if you will. It was genuine. Yeah. You know, it was good conversations. And when I heard that there was another barber looking into this place, I saw that she was leaning more on our barbershop from just the interactions that we had. And okay. I felt the same way. Yeah. You know, so I asked myself, what is it going to take? If I want something that's a little higher than me. What do I have to do to raise up yeah. to that level, mm-hmm. right? Because we can have a lot of wantings, but it's yeah. the, what is it that you need mm-hmm. to fund what it is that you want? Mm-hmm. So we restructured ourselves. You know, we started from the ground up, um, holding hands, if you will, together, not me as the owner, the boss, and you guys as the staff. Mm-hmm. Because externally, there's a pandemic that's forcing all of us. Right, 
to be in it together and genuinely hold hands together and start together at a certain place. And I felt like when we were doing that inside the shop, we 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 sent out an energy, if you will, and there it was, the new place. You know, it was in a better place. It's in Naples Island. Um, it's, you know, it's in a it's in a different zip code. Yeah. It's still the same square footage, just okay. a different layout. Okay. It felt right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Congratulations on the move. I think it'll be really exciting to see what you come up with there and see what you know an even higher level of Anzanetti's looks like. So. But I, I, I just have to say that it's the hardest thing. It's harder than opening up the first time. Why is that? Why is that? The stakes are higher. The stakes are higher. You have a reputation now. You have something uh, No, not even the reputation. Okay. Yeah, actually, the reputation really literally had nothing to do with it. Okay. It's the, I have a family now. Ah, you know? so it's risky. It's risky. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not that that single cowboy that, you know, I can go on out there on, you know, and just, yeah. you know, be a rodeo. If yeah. You, know. you need have, a safety net. You I can't need, afford to fail. As I can't a, afford to fail. Yeah. You know, so it was this, you know, is this the right thing to do at this time? Okay. You know, and uh, with the support of everyone around us, you know, it was that was the that was the push. That was the okay. Cool. All right. That was right. Okay. Love it. And if people want to see, you know, uh, pictures of the new shop, some of the cuts, they want to learn more. Yeah. Where would you encourage them to find you? Uh, we're very active on the social media platform. Um, on Instagram? On Instagram. Okay. Antonetti's underscore H, the number 4M. Okay. Antonetti's hair for men. Ah, yeah. okay. And it's a, I, I believe it's a good collective of all of us. Yeah. Um, we definitely put um, a, a consistent refreshing of all of our work. Yeah. Uh, we do a little bit of, you know, um, what, what we need, mm-hmm. you know, internally. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a there's yeah, I, I like it. I'm proud of it. I'm okay. proud of it. I'm proud of it. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, thanks. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything no, else you'd you. like to share with people who are listening right now? Um, I think right now is a good time for all of us to tap into those dreams that we have. I think this little pause in time where we're not really able to um, work in the normal platform, the normal, the normalcy that we to know. Yeah. I think it's a good time to realign our perspectives, mm-hmm. um, what is important in our life, mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, and as we continue to hear, it's a it's a restart. Yeah. You know, take control of, of, of your life and of the of the situation. Take control of your narrative, and um, you know, construct your dream. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm sure a lot of the challenges that you covered off on here are relevant to so many people, whether they have their own small business or they're just trying to figure out how to manage themselves and their own energy during this time. And to everyone listening, thank you so much. This has been a 